Yeah, you're so. not going to jump from Google to Amazon DSP because of like a bunch of creative advantages that Amazon DSP offers. Sure. There isn't a hurdle there, though, you know, because you can reuse so many of the creative elements. Yep. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellerud from Ad Advance, and today I am joined by Matt Wickland, also from Ad Advance. And today, you know, one of the key topics that we've talked about quite a bit, we get to talk about with a lot of our clients that are advertising on different channels is the differences between um, Amazon advertising and Google and Facebook and kind of what are some of the benefits and key differences between the different platforms. And so today we really wanted to dive into that and just kind of cover what what's the key differences between the two. So, Matt, I mean, when you get that question from clients, like, where do you typically start? Like, how do you frame it up? Yeah. Well, first off, I love getting that question, especially prospective clients that aren't Amazon brands, like, that they're already educated that, hey, Amazon advertising isn't only for brands on Amazon. Sure. You know, it's pretty cool. So. Since we're talking about Google and Facebook, this conversation applies to more than just Amazon brands. We can talk through link link out campaigns and how people can leverage Amazon advertising as a whole and why they should versus a Google or Facebook or why it supplements Google and Facebook. Yeah. So, And I think one piece that you hit on there too, just from the start is, all right, first major hurdle we had to get over with a lot of these brands is that... Amazon advertising is not just for people selling on Amazon. So with DSP, you can advertise for different services or different products that are not sold on Amazon. And so that's a a major hurdle, I think, for a lot of brands who are looking to expand their advertising. But they say, oh, well, I can't or shouldn't use Amazon advertising because I don't sell on Amazon. Yeah, totally. And now now that we've like overcome that hurdle, we've leapt over it. Um, Why Amazon? And there are a number of huge advantages with Amazon DSP compared to a Google and compared to Facebook. There are a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. You know, you're targeting audiences. Yeah, maybe start. Let's start with similarities. Like, sure. well, you know, what, what's the key similarities between Amazon advertising and the other platforms for people that are familiar with the other ones? All right. Yeah. So. For similarities, let's let's compare DSP, Amazon DSP to Google and Facebook. Sure. So all three of these are demand side platforms where uh, you can programmatically buy display ads and video ads for like the three three major platforms. Mm-hmm. So you're targeting audiences. Like if you're an Amazon brand listening to this, if you own an Amazon brand or work with an Amazon brand. Like sponsored ads, you're mostly targeting keywords and product targets. Mm-hmm. With, Very similar to like Google search ads. Yeah, yep. yeah, so you're exactly. targeting specific search phrases or on Amazon side, also product targets. So the ASNs itself. Yep. And then uh, with Amazon DSP, in contrast, you're, you're targeting audiences as you are with Google and Facebook. So that's a major similarity. Sure. You try and find audiences that you want to reach that you aren't through your other advertising initiatives like Google search or like sponsored ads. Or, yeah, you just build like this prototype of the person that you want to speak to. You sure. want to get your products in front of, your service in front of. Yeah, and when we're talking about audiences, it can be either like a group with likewise interests 
or a group that has performed some sort of similar actions, yeah. whether it's looking at a different product on Amazon or some other activity on the other different platforms too. So when we talk about audience, just think of like a similar group of people that we want to show our ads to. Yep. And then the key like similarity, I guess, is that ads aren't limited to just those platforms. Sure. So Google ads don't only show up in Google search. Facebook ads don't only show up on Facebook. Amazon DSP ads don't just show up on Amazon. It's offsite inventory, offsite supply. So each of these big three companies have, you know, a whole portfolio of inventory that they can leverage that's exclusive, owned and operated by their companies, sure. but then there are these third-party supply sources, and um, each of the three owns their own like supply-side platform too, where app developers and website owners can enroll their site with their supply platform and become eligible to receive ads on their website, sure. and then they get compensated for that. Yep. So, I guess. So yeah, if I'm a content, line, yeah. if I'm a content creator. Or if I'm weather.com or if I'm a different news site and I'm trying to figure out how I can make money for all the time that I'm putting into the website, I can place ads on my website and what I can do is put different pieces of code from some of these big providers. And essentially then with this code, there's an auction that goes on in the background and this is where a lot of the programmatic buying comes into play and then whatever ad kind of wins that auction at the end of the day gets shown on my website and then I get compensated for some of the advertising dollars that comes through for that. And that's how I get compensated. That's how these big players really expand their ad networks outside of, you know, the the websites that they own themselves. Yep. Yep. Um so that's the inventory piece. Ads appear all over the internet. They follow around the audience that you're targeting. Uh, wherever they shop sure. uh, or wherever they browse, where, whenever they're online. Yep. Yeah. And then, so those are the, those are two of the three main pieces, mm -hmm. uh, targeting it's audiences, inventory, it's some proprietary sources, and then it's all kinds of like third party websites, apps and stuff. And then the third piece would be creatives. So a DSP creative is a bit unlike like a sponsored ad impression or creative, uh, the way the ad appears. There are some that look on the Amazon DSP side that look, you know, some pretty, they've got a lot of Amazon branding. You can tell it's going to link back to Amazon. Those are like responsive e-commerce or dynamic e-commerce creatives, sure. but then you can build custom display creatives and you can't do that to a large extent on the sponsored ad side for Amazon. Mm -hmm. You can a bit with like Sponsor brand video and you know some custom image creatives some custom for sponsor images brand, that sponsor go display. in, but you can still it's still pretty obvious that it's an Amazon ad. Yeah, yeah. and it's served on Amazon's platform too. Yeah. But yeah, all three platforms uh, serve banner ads that are in very similar formats. You can customize them. You can use custom imagery. There are a whole suite of best practices associated with those custom creatives, and then you can leverage video creatives as well, uh, like. YouTube on the Google side or Twitch or IMDb TV on the oh, Amazon freebie. side. Yep. Yeah, freebie. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, just to give you kind of the scale for DSP, if you've ever been browsing around, say on weather.com, you're checking out the local weather and then you see a banner ad that 
pops up on the side and it's Amazon listing that you just went to. That's going to be more of like the responsive e-commerce type ad. So these ones, it's pretty obvious that it's an Amazon listing or a product that it's bringing you back to. But those same placements, you can get this fully custom ad and it's the, the custom creative pieces that we can add in. Um, you won't specifically know that, all right, this came from Amazon's platform because it just looks like any other custom ad that you have. And so all these different platforms have that capability to customize the ads, whether it's on the display side or on the video side, and then to be able to show ads in multiple different formats where on the sponsored ad side or even like Google search too, there's different restrictions and kind of how everything looks. Same thing for sponsored ads. It's going to be pretty obvious that it's an Amazon ad with DSP or Facebook or Google. You can totally customize those ads as you go. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a great breakdown on you know how they're all very similar. And so what's cool is that if you're really good on one platform or if you have one experience on one platform, it's pretty easy to translate, you know, all those key pieces into the other platforms, especially um, on the creative side. Like in a lot of cases, you can use the same exact size sizes because sure. they're, you know, industry universal. Yeah. yeah. There are some unique Amazon sizes, but like reformatting, it's not a huge deal for like a creative design team or even an individual. Like I'm not a creative guy. I designed ad advances, DSP creatives. Sure. They look pretty good, but yeah. you know, it's, it's not like a huge You sure change burden. yourself up there. Up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it, it, that's an awesome way to be able to just cross utilize the creatives that you have, which in many cases is some of the more time consuming aspects. It's actually, you know, the design work that goes into it. For people who are looking at like getting into DSP, like, so if they're already in Facebook and Google and you're already getting a bunch of placements throughout, like why, why even consider Amazon DSP? Yeah. There are a lot of reasons. Um, I think we should maybe like snowball this up to the biggest one or the one that sure. you know, I like that. We're itching little, to talk little about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's lead with creatives because sure. that's the most similar. And honestly, there isn't like that much of an advantage on Amazon's end as there is on like Google or Facebook. It's, it's not that different, you know, really similar sizes and, and all that. So, in terms of advantages, if you're an Amazon brand, then you can leverage what's called dynamic e-commerce or responsive e-commerce creatives. Mm -hmm. And that really reduces like the hurdle or the barrier to getting creatives developed. They perform really well. They, we see really solid click-through rates with them, really solid purchase rates, detailed page view rates, like really good quality metrics. So it's easy to get started. You don't have to have like a design team. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and for these ads too, they really leverage the trust that Amazon's built as a whole. And these ads, they specifically look like Amazon ads just to do that. And that's why we see that solid performance too. Like if I see that ad, I can instantly tell I'm going to be taken back to Amazon. I trust the shopping experience. I'm probably going to be much more likely to buy when I see that versus other ads where I don't know exactly what website I'm going to go to. So yeah, huge advantage there because you can kind of leverage the trust that Amazon's built and also makes it really easy to set up those creatives if you are selling on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I guess on the creative side, another advantage, if you're an Amazon brand on the video side, they have like OTT video studio and we as an agency that manages DSP campaigns, not like a creative design firm, we can easily create like DSP videos using it. 
and they're decent templates like working more like lifestyle and like actual live action into it would be better but sure. it helps you overcome that hurdle again of getting like high quality tv quality production uh video assets created yep yeah, some some advantages there. Overall, if you're an Amazon seller, being able to leverage that, good advantage. But in general, pretty similar between the different platforms. Yeah, you're so. not going to jump from Google to Amazon DSP because of like a bunch of creative advantages that Amazon DSP offers. Sure. There isn't a hurdle there, though, you know, because you can reuse so many of the creative elements. Yep. So next, next item. Piece, yeah. yeah. Inventory and supply sources, I sure. would say. Do you want to lead into this one? Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. So in terms of inventory and supply sources, so Amazon has a lot of unique different businesses that they've purchased over time. And so they have some unique supply sources where we can get our ad shown where the only way to get our ad shown would be through Amazon DSP. So one is IMDb, the website, and then they have a streaming platform, which is IMDb TV, now rebranded to Freevee. Um, I've been seeing a lot more advertisements for Freevee. I think they're pushing it quite a bit more. So this is a unique placement that you can only get through DSP. There's Twitch, which is a video game streaming service with a ton of different subscribers and a very loyal customer base, generally targeted more to like a younger demographic, which can be harder to reach. Another great source where you can just show your ads directly through Twitch. Other key ones that are coming up. So one really fun one is Amazon purchasing the rights to Thursday Night Football. So Amazon is going to be the only streamer, only provider for Thursday Night Football. Previously, they would share space with, say, like NBC or Fox or whoever, but it'd also be streamed on Prime. Now Thursday Night Football is only going to be streamed on Prime. So this opens up a ton of different opportunities where now we can use DSP to show our video ads. But for every person who's watching Thursday Night Football, they're going to get a customized ad experience. So before when you're watching Thursday Night Football, you're going to see a bunch of light beer ads and different things that like are going to like kind of target the general audience as a whole, but never be specifically targeted to you. Now you're going to see much more relevant ads coming in um, in Thursday Night Football for multiple different weeks was the top watch show like throughout the year other than like the Super Bowl and some playoff games and so super big audience and this is an exclusive spot that you can only advertise through using Amazon's platform like what what other ones I miss uh so those are the Amazon owned and operated supply sources plus amazon.com um yep. like you go to amazon.com right now one of the ads that I really frequently am targeted with are like Geico insurance ads on their homepage. So not an Amazon brand, but they're getting exposure on amazon.com. So there are placements for that around Amazon. Even if you're not an Amazon brand, the placements are a lot more limited for non-endemic or non-Amazon brands. Sure. If you're an Amazon brand, there are placements all over Amazon and their mobile app. Yeah. That you can get tons of impressions from. So pretty much wide open there. Sure. A lot of them overlap with sponsored display placements too. Yep. Um, and then there's Amazon publisher services. Mm -hmm. So that's Amazon's supply side platform where that's where like app developers, website owners can go and like opt in to getting ads from through Amazon DSP. So there's like, there's nothing that prevents those app owners and website owners, those developers to 
like not list their website with other supply side platforms too, like Google and Facebook. Sure. But they're probably, you know, a, a, a chunk that just go through like Amazon. Directly APS, through yeah, Amazon, Amazon and not somebody else. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then there's a whole host of third party supply services, like, I don't know, 30 plus that give you exposure all over the web, weather.com, CNN, all the news sites. I, the list is like endless. They're I can't even put a number on how many websites are listed in inventory reports. Like you can't even export them when you have like a decent budget. So yeah. just exposure everywhere. Um, so unique inventory, Amazon yeah. owned and operated. Key, key benefit is that there's many different sources or people that you can reach that you wouldn't be able to reach through the other platforms. So they have a lot of unique sources and then through Amazon publisher services, just a lot of other third party websites too, that you can show your ads on. Yeah. And then real quick, I guess like fire TV in terms of video, like yeah, one in three TV. connected TV users are using some sort of fire device. Sure. So it's an immensely powerful supply source or yep. yeah. Yeah. Another big platform to show your ads on. Yep. Yeah. 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 All right. So we have unique inventory. What else do we got? All right. Biggest thing, in my opinion, mm -hmm. I like I've, I, I this isn't even you. that subjective. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is pretty objective. The audience targeting capabilities of Amazon are awesome. They're phenomenal. Google, Facebook. Well, let's start. You give your face, Facebook spiel, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Talk, so, talk so, about that. All right. So key differences between the different audiences, and we'll break it down to how they get the data for these audiences. So if we look at Amazon, somebody comes onto Amazon to complete a purchase. And so the th products that we look at, the search terms that we type in, key interests that we have, it's going to be very apparent on Amazon what we're looking for and what we're interested in. Typically, when we're running ads, we're trying to sell a product or a service, and Amazon is so close to that purchase that based off of what we typically buy, we get a really good idea on what I'm typically interested in. Whereas if you look at Google, so Google is kind of the next step away. So when I'm in Google, I'm not necessarily looking for a product. Sometimes I am, but many times I'm not. But I may be searching for different things. So for instance, I just finished a marathon this last weekend. I've been looking at different marathon training plans. So based off of that search, Google can determine, okay, he's looking at marathon training plans, maybe interested in different running apparel or running shoes. But you have to make that connection there because I'm not directly searching for those products. Whereas if I go on Amazon, I'm probably searching directly for the apparel. So they're a little bit more disconnected and had to make more connections into what you're truly interested in purchasing versus what you're searching for. Totally. And then on Facebook, so Facebook's one further step away. So Facebook is, they're taking what we do on social media platforms, but honestly, what I do on Facebook or Instagram, like it's not going to be as reflective of my consumer shopping preferences in general. Like I'm usually on there to try to connect with people. And so what Facebook tries to do then is track you all over, depending on what you're doing. And so they try to track you across apps or your different browsing history and things like that. Well, with recent privacy updates, that's getting much harder for Facebook. And the reason there's these privacy updates is people are kind of creeped out that Facebook's trying to track you outside of their platforms. And so Facebook has to make this further jump to try to tie in what we do on social media 
to like consumer shopping preferences. And so with the disconnect in the privacy items, they're having a much harder time being able to develop really good audiences so we can show relevant ads to the right people. And so that's where we're seeing Facebook drop off is they're just losing the power of the data to be able to determine these great audiences. Google is closer. A lot of what you do is within Google specific you know, on google.com or within Google's apps. And so they're not impacted as much. But the key benefit with Amazon's data is it's consumer shopping information right there. And everything that we're doing is within Amazon app, their apps. And so like the iOS 14 update on Apple, it really restricts tracking across apps. It doesn't want Facebook app watching what you do on the Amazon app or what you're doing on the browser, which makes sense. But when we're within Amazon's app, like we're searching and they're able to track this information as we go because, you know, it's directly within the app itself and it makes sense. And so that's really the key difference as we look at the audience data. Amazon is so close to the purchase that they have a really good idea on what we're interested in. And then with recent privacy updates, it's really not impacting them as much compared to like Facebook, especially, and then Google a little bit more like with cookie updates and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. iOS updates had a massive effect on Facebook and their advertising revenue because it affected advertiser results to such a great degree. And so like a lot of those advertisers are looking for other platforms and because of Amazon's unique first-party insights, like it's a, it's a no-brainer to go to if you're already on the Google Google side. Sure, really, really powerful re- for like retail and consumer goods, like D to C companies, but also incredibly powerful for services. And like it, Amazon can figure out so much based on what you're shopping for, what you're looking for and past purchase histories. Sure. Yeah. And when you bake it down, I mean, what we're trying to do as advertisers is we're trying to show the most relevant ads to people who would be interested in the products or services we're selling. And so if we can use this audience information to better do that, we're going to get a better return on our ads and the customer is going to get a better experience because they're going to get ads that are truly targeted to what they like versus just some random ad that has no significance to them. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a fun example. I was Googling last night boy names. Like, my wife isn't pregnant. We're not trying at all. We've got a, <laughs> a nine-month-old at home, yeah. uh, a girl. But I was trying to think of, like, the. we, we had a list of names initially when yeah. our baby was coming along, and I was trying to think of, like, what the top three were. And so yeah. I had to bring up a list of boy names. Sure. And then I was targeted for like newborn stuff from some Google advertisers like after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like we have a nine month old and sure. I'm targeted with DSP ads all the time for stuff that actually fits that age range, sure. like six months to 12 month clothes, diapers, all kinds of stuff like that actually work for our daughter at the age she is. So it's just a good example of like how much better the targeting can be. Yeah, because Google tried to make that inference between what you search for and it's like, okay, must have a baby boy. Yeah, Versus just looking at, like Amazon's able to see, okay, they bought a bunch of baby girl stuff for a nine month old. Like I'm going to use that (laughs) versus the random search and trying to make that inference, which is not correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to like pick individual product. Well, you can pick individual product interactions, which is from Amazon, like looked at one specific ASIN or purchase this list of ASINs. And you can ladder together like inclusions and exclusions across 
an immense amount of like interactions all around Amazon. Sure. But you don't always have to like pick individual project products and stuff like that. Uh, that's an option. Like Amazon, based on your purchase history or viewing history, can build these really targeted pre-built audiences like life events had a baby in the last two months. Sure. You know, that can allow you to become a lot more targeted while maximizing your reach, not limiting it to a really narrow lens. But at the same time, like those the ability to build audiences based on individual product reaction interactions mm -hmm. is huge. Yep. Like the car dealership example, you know? Yeah. 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 Where where if you're buying a bunch of replacement parts for my two thousand one ram 1500 like that may be a great indication that i'm probably in the market to buy a new truck and truck owners tend to be pretty brand loyal and so maybe i start showing ads for the local ram dealership because i can combine geo-targeting with recent purchases and in many cases you have to input the model and make of the vehicle that you own so it can so amazon can make sure that the part fits so there's so much targeting and different pieces that we can do to build these audiences to again just make sure that the ads that we're showing are to the most relevant people who are hopefully going to feel or get a lot of value out of these ads too because they're going to be so interested in the products yeah yeah so i i think you know wrapping this up like first party data biggest piece that we see for anybody who's coming in like there's just so much amazing targeting data that you can build out with amazon dsp unique inventory is another huge piece like thursday night football how cool would it be to be watching with your friends and then seeing your ad pop up on thursday night football it just opens the doors to a lot of smaller advertisers um so that's really cool and then on the creative side there's some great options there i mean you know key thing is like if you're coming from other platforms you're able to reuse the creatives but really it's the inventory the supply sources and then the first party data which is you know the key aspects which we feel are are the the game changers for dsp compared to like facebook and google yeah yeah in the amount of time that we have allotted for you know a typical podcast episode we can't really deep dive in this you know this topic on mm -hmm. like audience differentiators and like how powerful it is so yeah we should definitely do another episode where we go deep on the audience side because it's just it's mind-blowing what you can do with it and how targeted you can get and sure it's just it produces results that you didn't think were possible with like traditional audience targeting display Sounds like a great podcast episode that I'm going to make a note on right after. <laughs> yeah. So I guess to just wrap this up, if you're, if you sell on Amazon, awesome targeting capabilities there for retargeting repurchases, targeting different competitors, using responsive creatives, it, the, there's so many different aspects that you can tie in. But if you are currently advertising on Google and Facebook, and if you're seeing performance taking a hit with these updates, or even if you're not, like this is another great piece to add. The scale is definitely up there now. It's in the top three right behind Facebook and Google. And so it's something to definitely consider to expand and diversify your advertising budget or look to transfer some budget, say if you're losing performance on the other platforms, something we definitely recommend checking out. So. Yeah, so it looks like we have another good podcast episode that we'll have coming up on DSP audiences. We'll get that recorded soon, and so wait around for that. And as always, just want to say thank 
you so much for taking the time to listen to the episode. We'll see you on the next episode of the Ad Project Podcast.